So today we are continuing, or I should say, finishing our series called The Everyday Church. If you want to get a head start and you want to get your Bible out uh, in, the, in the scriptures today, I'm going to be in John's Gospel, chapter 20, so if you want to get a head start on that. But this series we've been in for the past few weeks, we've been talking about how do we go from the Sunday church to becoming the everyday church, a continuation from our vision day uh, service where we talked about our word for the year, which is engage in your neighborhood gathering as you're with your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, whoever's with you right now, would you turn to them and just say, it's time to engage. It is time to engage. And we've been talking about how do we become the everyday church? And we talked about these eight core practices, and, and we talked about this idea of uh, how we're going to follow the life and the ministry of Jesus. And so what does that look like? Well, we're talking, we had that funnel. Do you remember the funnel and how we said we're, we're flipping it upside down? We're turning the church upside down. Because what Jesus did is he would engage with one, he would engage with three, he would engage with 12, and they need to engage with one another. Or uh, Jesus would engage with the, with the crowd. And so it's these eight core practices that really help us to live that out. They help us to go from being these passive observers, which none of us want to be, to being passionate followers. And so we've been talking about these over the last eight weeks. And just to recap them, we talked about daily devotions, that you need to cultivate the soil of your soul, being in the Word of God every day. We talked about sacrificial serving, that uh, interruptions, or excuse me, intersections are not interruptions. They are, let me, let me back up. I'm going too fast here. Inter- <laughs> intersections are not an inconvenience, okay? They are an opportunity, I, I got to slow down. I got to tell you, it's Easter, and I am just amped up for Easter. Anybody else just amped up? I mean, this is this is Super Bowl Sunday for the church. That's why I'm I'm so excited. Uh, continual surrender. We talked about continual surrender. Giving up my way requires continual surrender to God's way. Talked about sharing Christ. We all need to be sharing Christ. That God's purpose and plan is you. You are part of the few. Then we talked about persistent prayer. Don't give up. Get up and pray. And then we talked about godly friendships, how how we all need godly friendships, that life is better when people are brought together. And then last week, we talked about generous giving. Don't send away those God has sent your way. So today brings us to the last core practice, and it's what we're doing right now, Sunday worship. So we're going to look at what does it look like when we gather together? Why do we gather together? I mean, it's been a year now for almost all of you of gathering together. I know many of you are already moving even into neighborhood gatherings with friends and neighbors and coworkers, and we understand that we, we were created to worship together. So we're going to look at this and why it's so important in John's gospel. If, if you are brand new to church, John was one of the disciples. He was there when Jesus was crucified. He walked with Jesus for three years. And so he gives us this account. This is after the resurrection. And it says this in verse 19. It says this, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Now, let me pause there because we we see that. and, And honestly, sometimes we we kind of mispreach it and we think, man, they were cowards or then they were afraid and they shouldn't have been afraid. They should have been bold. And like, <laughs> no. They saw that their, their Messiah, their rabbi had been killed and they were like, we are next. So the natural human instinct that all of us would do 
is go and lock the door. Makes perfect sense. That's what they did. And then it says suddenly. I love, you know at Core Church, we love whenever we come across this word suddenly. I cannot wait. I'm going to preach a little suddenly today. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Now again, he said, peace be with you. And then he commissioned them. And I believe that Jesus is going to commission us today. He said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So let's talk today a little bit about generous giving. Let's pray. God, what can we say in just this moment of how grateful we are for the resurrection of your Son and our Savior? The day of our redemption and salvation is here, and we are thankful for it. Teach us today through your scriptures in Jesus' name and in your neighborhood gathering. Say amen, amen. I think we all just take things for granted. Do you take things for granted? I always take, I just take things for granted. Things you got and you're just always gonna have it until they're taken away. Like, for example, like the internet. <laughs> like maybe, maybe you've been watching an online service or you've been watching your, your favorite show and you ever had the internet just go out on you and you get that little bar that goes chink, 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 chink across, chink, 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 and then and you're hoping and you're praying, come on, no, not one more, not one more, and then suddenly, boom, you get that check internet connection. That is so frustrating. You're like, oh, no, what am I going to do with myself? I'm so bored. <laughs> you look down, it's been like a minute and a half. <laughs> we can't survive without the internet, can we? Or, or here's, here's one. How about, how about toilet paper? We all take toilet paper for granted. And, and I'm not talking about the pandemic here. I'm talking about like, have you ever like, you know, sat down and then look, look, looked over and <laughs> there was nothing but that the piece of cardboard staring at you and you're like, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> Need a little help. I mean, but you, you're committed. You're all in. <laughs> so, like, I can't believe he's talking about this on Easter. And I invited my friend to watch with me today. But a year ago, it was a year ago at this time, we all remember no toilet paper anywhere. Man, it, how crazy was that? I mean, we all were kind of like Nicolas Cage in, in National Treasure, just searching for clues. Toilet paper anywhere. You saw some blowing across the road. You're like, there's some. Your neighbor gets TP'd. Hey, let's sneak over in the middle of the night. We can get some of theirs. We were actually in a group text. Maybe you were, or maybe you scanned social media. That was so funny. On social media, people were like, I found some toilet paper at the dollar store in Coweta. And everybody would head towards Coweta. Do you remember? Ah, oh, ah, oh, the good old days. Don't we? We don't miss any of that, do we? Do you remember a year ago, we've all just taken gathering in person on Sundays for granted. It's just what we do. We just show up in the house. And it was a year ago that all of us experienced for the first time in our lifetime, the church was not gathering on a regular basis in person. But let's just be honest. Can we just be real for a moment here? It was kind of fun, wasn't it? I mean, it was. I mean, I, hey, listen, I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna speak the truth up in here as your pastor. I was having fun because we were recording our services on a Thursday and I was like, you sleeping in on a Sunday. 
My entire life has been in church. I've never not known being in God's house on a Sunday. I'm talking about like every Sunday since I was born, I've been in the house of God. And suddenly I was like discovering like, oh my goodness, this is, in, this is amazing. Sitting around in my PJ pants, watching myself. I mean, this is so, I, I could get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of my sermon. I could go refill my coffee. I mean, you can, you could pause me. How amazing was that? You couldn't do that in person, but you're like, yeah. I'll pause, go off and do something, come back. It was, it was great for a while. And then we all discovered that, man, just this, something feels off. Something is missing. And that something is God's people. We've all felt it and we've all seen it. And I think we've all discovered in this last year that we were not created for isolation, we were created to gather, like something powerful happens when we gather together on a Sunday to worship. So I want us to look back in this story, because in this story where Jesus shows up, I think we see a great example of what happens when God's people gather together and why it's so important for all of us to begin moving out of isolation and getting into neighborhood gatherings and begin gathering together on Sundays again, whether that is in a neighborhood where you might be with your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, or whether that might be coming to our campus here where we're having services in person. But we all see that it is so critically important in our lives, and we're going to see this in the story of Jesus. So Jesus has, has risen it's been uh, a full day, and Sunday evening shows up, and verse 19, look at this again with me. It says, suddenly, come on, in your neighborhood gathering, somebody say, suddenly, suddenly, Jesus was standing there, say it with me, among them. He was standing among them. Now imagine this, just imagine, just for a moment, They'd been with this man for three years. The disciples had been with Jesus. They'd heard him teach. They'd seen him do miracles, raise the dead. They believed he's the son of God. He's the Messiah. He's ushering in the kingdom. And then, boom, the cross and death and confusion and all their hopes and all their dreams, dead and gone. And all day, for three days, they're just like, it's over. And then suddenly, Jesus is standing there among them. Imagine that moment like he's alive and he's standing with them in their presence. Write this down. I want you to write this down. Sunday worship is about suddenly moments. Sunday worship is about suddenly moments. When we come together on Sundays, God shows us up and he stands among us. That's what happens when we gather together. Like you come to the church and you've got this weight that you've been carrying in your life. Something in your life is dead. A relationship, a, a dream, an aspiration, something you were hoping for, dead. All hope, gone. But when we gather together, like God shows up. Like suddenly everything can change. Like suddenly hope is restored. Suddenly healing comes. Suddenly there is peace. And suddenly you find purpose and meaning in your life. And you never know when your suddenly moment is going to happen, do you? 
Like, do you remember that? I, I know for almost all of you, it's been like a year since you've been in God's house. I know that, but remember back. Do you remember that? I know that's why you're yearning to come back and say, man, I gotta be around God's people. Because you, you remember walking in and there would be that song. Do you remember? Like, and then the, the lyrics to the song are up on the screen and there would be this phrase and it would just hit you and penetrate your soul and you're like, hey, did, could, could you roll back? Can you roll back to that, 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 that phrase? What was that phrase? Because what happened in that moment? That was a suddenly moment for you where God showed up for you. Or maybe it was in the middle of a sermon. Do you remember? I'd be preaching. I've had this happen so many times. I can't, I can't, I've lost count. People come up to me. Hey, when you said, and I honestly don't even remember sometimes saying it. Or, or it was just something I said in passing. You're like, man, when you said that, what was that you said? Because I, I, I want to write that down. I want to remember that because, because man, when you said that, like God, uh, something uh, it was magnetic. And I, it was as if it was as if you knew what was happening in my life. Did somebody tell you what was going on in my life? Do you know what's that? I don't know. Here's what happened. God showed up. Suddenly happens when God shows up. It would be so much easier to do what you're doing right now. Just stay at home. <laughs> like, come on. It's much easier to do that. You sleep in, watch it, watching your PJ pants, or watch it whenever it's convenient for you. So, so why don't we do that? Why don't we keep doing what we're doing right now? I can tell you why we don't want to continue to do what we're doing right now is because God shows up because we show up. We we bring his presence into the house of God. When we gather together, you and I, we bring God's presence in with us. I've talked about this before on multiple occasions, but in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the presence of God was in the temple. So if you wanted to experience the presence of God, you, you went into the temple because that's where God resided. But now we know that from Pentecost that the Spirit came and we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have God in, come on, turn to somebody in your neighborhood gathering and tell them right now, God is in you. God is in you. God's not just hanging out at 5205 South Aspen waiting for us to show up. No, 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 no. You, you are needed. You are needed in this place because you bring the presence of God into this place. We gather together as the people of God and bring the presence of God into this place. We know God shows up. Look back at verse 19. What did Jesus say to them? Beautiful words here. Peace be with you. There's one thing this world desperately needs. It is God's peace. Like right outside your doors. It's very obvious. We all see it every day. There's confusion, there's doubt, turmoil, anger, depression, abuse, addiction, loneliness, despair. But Jesus said this in John 14, 27. The peace I give is a peace the world cannot give. A vacation can't get it. A new job can't get it. A promotion, a raise cannot give it. A new boyfriend or a new girlfriend, just no matter how sweet and fine they might be, they can't give the peace that God gives. Write this down. It's in God's presence that I experience God's peace. It's in God's presence 
that I experience God's peace. Like, not, not only do you bring God's presence into the house of God with the people of God, <laughs> you bring his peace into the church. That is why we are so needed to be together. So the Jewish people, they have this salutation that they give, and it's this word shalom. You may be familiar with that phrase, and it's a beautiful phrase. They say it as a greeting, and they say it as they're leaving. So it's a coming and it's a going phrase. And whenever, when I was in Israel, Laura and I, a couple of years ago, it was just really beautiful to hear it. Everywhere you went, somebody would say shalom. And then when they'd leave, they'd say shalom. And what they were saying in that moment was not just hi or see you later. They were actually saying peace be with you. It was a blessing that they were speaking over one another. This is what I love about Core Church. When we gather together, we are saying shalom over one another through a smile, through a handshake, through a kind word of encouragement, through, through prayer. We are all saying shalom. Come on, in your neighborhood gathering, turn to somebody and tell them shalom. Shalom. I want to tell you, if you're watching right now by yourself, shalom. May the peace of God be with you. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 says this, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and say this with me, what? They were all filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Have you ever been awestruck or in awe of something or someone? most of you know I, I do commercial voice work and uh, that's continued to do that for radio and television and, and things. And uh, last year I was down at a studio and I was, I was recording a commercial and the guy who was producing it, he said, hey, you see that microphone that you're, that you're uh, doing the voiceover on? I said, yeah. He said, um, you know whose microphone that is? And I'm like, no. He said, that, that was Aretha Franklin's. <laughs> I'm, in that moment, I was like, what, what? I mean, my voice went from, uh, to, oh. I mean, I was just, I couldn't even get the voice right. Because that's right. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, that's Aretha Franklin's microphone. Because Brad, we need you to bring it down an octave. I'm like, I can't. Oh my goodness. I, I, I was so awestruck. I said, you got to take a picture. Like, this is a picture of me. And it, I, maybe this doesn't mean anything to you, but that's Aretha Franklin's microphone. Are you kidding me? That is Insane, that is amazing. I was in awe, but I wanna tell you, I, I'm in awe of Aretha. Uh, and and, and I, mean, I mean no disrespect. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> see, see what I did there? Yeah, okay, anyway, I'm in awe of her, but, but she didn't give her life for me. On Good Friday, many of you gathered for our Good Friday service. In our Good Friday service, we talked about how the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53 prophesied about the coming Messiah, about Jesus, and he said this, that he would be pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for my sin. He was beaten so that I could be made whole. He was... He was whipped so that I could be healed. In other words, that Jesus got in the way. He, he, he stepped into the gap and he said, I don't want that pain for you. I don't want that abuse for you. I don't want that brokenness and heartache for you. I'm gonna step into the gap. I'm gonna take it for you. This is why we gather on Sundays, man, to worship the one who gave it 
all. Come on, somebody, wherever you are, just give a big amen. Turn to somebody and tell them amen to that. He gave it all. Like he alone is the object of our affection and our worship. And this, this is what fills us with joy. Like for the early church, Sunday was a day of celebration. Do you ever wonder, like, why Sunday? Why do we gather on Sunday? Why do we do it every week? Like, why don't, why don't we do it? Why don't, why don't we do it every other week? Like, why not like once a month? Like, and why, why is it Sunday morning? Well, what is that all about? The early church, they were all Jewish, and so when they came to Christ and he was resurrected, they continued to worship in the synagogues on Saturday and practice the Jewish Sabbath. But as they began to do that, they said, you know what? We should gather on Sunday mornings because that's when Christ was resurrected from the dead. We as Christians should gather together and we should celebrate his resurrection. And so they started gathering every single Sunday. They had been there. They'd seen the miracles. They'd seen the resurrection. And they said, let's not do it just once a month or once every six to eight weeks or, or once a year on Easter. No, no, no. Let's gather every Sunday. Let's do this. Let's celebrate on Sunday morning the resurrection. That's why we gather. And I think we've got to rediscover the awe and the wonder of the resurrection. Like, where would you rather be than celebrating with God's people on a Sunday? But Sundays are not just about us, and they're not just for us. No, God, God has a greater purpose in mind. Look what he says in verse 21. He commissions them. As the Father has sent me, say it with me, so I am sending you. Turn to somebody in your gathering, say, he's sending you. He's sending you. At Core Church, you know this. We talk about being a sending church. I've been saying probably all, every Sunday throughout this series, and, and I think for over a year now, I've been talking about we are all missionaries on mission assigned to a mission field. I'd like for you to write this down. We gather in this place to be sent out for his purpose. We gather in this place. We gather on Sundays for church. We gather in this place, if you're in a neighborhood gathering with friends and neighbors and coworkers, and, you know, and that's how you are worshiping with God's people, you gather in that place to be sent out for his purpose. Most of you know I, I uh, coach, I coach rec ball, and this last year I coached a bunch of eight and nine-year-olds, and that uh, was quite an experience because when you're, you know, I've described it like this. It's like taking five squirrels and releasing them on a basketball court and trying to organize them. It just, it's just not going to work. And so they're scattered like crazy all during the game, and I cannot wait for halftime. Because at halftime, I can get them around and kind of regroup, give them some instructions so they can go out and maybe execute a little bit better. But I can tell you, they're eight and nine years old. So at halftime, I'm looking around. I got like two or three of my players. I'm like, where are my players at? And I look, one player's over there talking to his mom. Like, what are you doing? Another kid comes running back. Like, where were you? He goes, oh, I had to go to the bathroom. Another kid, this actually happened at one time. Halftime, this kid shows up at halftime kind of walking in. He's munching on a Snickers bar. Like, dude, where have you been? It's halftime. He goes, oh, I was hungry, so I went to the snack bar. <laughs> what? Let me tell you this, listen, when we gather on Sundays, Sundays is like a halftime. It's like halftime. 
we are all scattered, are we not? I mean, we just get scattered during the week. It's just, you're going here, you're going there, and it's a, it's a regathering, it's a regrouping, it's where we come together to hear what God's purpose and mission is for us so that we can go back out on, into the mission field and execute his purpose and his plan. Listen, don't get distracted by the snack bar. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, don't get distracted by the snack bar. It's so easy. The enemy wants you distracted. He doesn't want you. He is, the enemy wants you everywhere but church. And he'll do whatever he can do to keep you out of church, to keep you isolated, to keep you away from God's people, and to keep you distracted and to let you know it's not that big a deal. Because he knows when you move out of isolation and when you begin to gather again with God's people, he knows what's coming. He knows there's gonna be a, a fire ignited. He knows that, a, that revival is coming to the church as God's people begin to gather together and they begin to discover the purpose for which we were created. So the, the church didn't stop at the resurrection. Man, that's, the church was just getting started at the resurrection. Now, I can tell you that Sundays is not, not the end point for us as a church. Man, this is the launching pad. This is, this is the beginning for us. This is how we get started. This is us. Not, we say we're not going to be just the Sunday church. We're going to be the everyday church. And we know that, man, God is calling us on Sundays to get that mission inside of us, his purpose inside of us, so that we can go out into our neighborhoods, our workplaces, into our campuses, um, into our, our neighborhoods, and engage Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, it's time to engage. It is time to engage. Lives are on the line, and lives are changed when God's people take the mission of God, the hope, the healing, the peace, and the purpose of Jesus out into our world.